The dynamic ministry of Pastor Mark has blessed hundreds of lives across the globe. In this message, you'll be informed by the Word of God, reformed by the love of God, and transformed by the power of God as Pastor Mark takes us through a journey of the revealed Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the Word. Hallelujah. Thank God. It's Wednesday. I hope this message meets you well. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. Let the life of your word permeate our every being and let light break out from within us in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask that by your spirit, we be informed by your word, reformed by your love conformed to your will and transformed by your power this we ask in the name of jesus amen hallelujah i'm so excited to come your way once again with your favorite podcast of the week the wednesday i hope you have been blessed tremendously by the previous editions and it is my prayer that today's message will bless you in no little measure so if you are ready to journey with me i want you to have access to your bible your notepad and whatever it is that would aid you to journey with me even as we see what god has for us in his word on our previous podcast we looked at the types of sons as revealed in the book of genesis chapter 6 and by this truth we were able to decode god's dream for the last days we equally discovered the caliber of sons that god is raising in these last days today in brief we will be looking at god's criteria for selection that will be made manifest in these last days as revealed by the transparent life of god's servant david and to help us uncover this truth, we will be taking a dive to 1st Samuel chapter 16 from verse 4 to 12. It's going to be quite a lengthy reading, but I entreat you to journey with me even as we uncover the revelations entrapped therein. We'll be reading from the New Living Translation, but every other translation at your disposal would be very 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 convenient first samuel chapter 16 from verse 4 to 12 so samuel did as the lord instructed when he arrived at bethlehem the elders of the town came trembling to meet him what's wrong they asked do you come in peace verse 5 yes samuel replied i have come to sacrifice to the lord purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. Verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. Verse 7. 
But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Verse 8. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Verse 9. Next, Jesse summoned Shemaiah. But Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. Verse 10. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Verse 11. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Verse 12. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, This is the one. Anoint him. God bless the reading of his word. Hallelujah. There are two things entrapped in this passage that I want to communicate to us even by the Spirit of God. Of course, there are several of them, but I want to highlight two before I move to my main message for the moment. And I want to start by saying that God has very high standards. And this was revealed or is revealed in the passage we just read. And I need us to get this once and for all, that God does not accept just anything. It is a truth we must all come to understand that God does not accept just anything. Many Christians pray anyhow, serve anyhow, give anyhow, and expect God to accept it. The answer is a no, and the answer is a no again. There is something the Bible calls acceptable offering. There is equally what the Bible calls acceptable worship. So if it is not presented in an acceptable way and manner, and it does not meet God's acceptable requirements, he is under no obligation to accept it. We need to understand this. And this is one of the many reasons why many believers are where they are. Listen to me, child of God. Even in the demonic realm, you are told what to offer. Every and anything is not just accepted. You are told what to offer and even when to offer it. So in some cases, they, they demand for a virgin. They demand for a pregnant woman. They demand for your father. They can demand for certain parts of certain living organisms. Whatever the demand is, you are expected to meet the demand or face the consequences of your action. Some people are asked to bring things on a weekly basis 
for some people is on monthly basis for some people is on quarterly basis and even for some people is on yearly basis but whatever your timeline is you are expected to meet your timeline it is only in the christian faith that people worship anyhow serve anyhow sing anyhow and then you know give anyhow and they expect that god should accept it simply because it came from their hearts they have been taught and we have been taught to do everything from our heart yet we have not been cultured to understand the heart of god the mere fact that it is coming from your heart does not mean it will touch the heart of god and so many people are frustrated like cain who gave his best but his best did not meet god's requirement and for that reason he was rejected and suffered the consequences of not meeting god at the junction of his expectations god has requirements and that is what we see displayed in first samuel chapter 16 from verse 4 to 12 he rejected six able young men who by the standards of the prophet were meet for god's intended purpose for the moment samuel was not an ordinary prophet samuel was a prophet of high repute and respect he had a lot of honor in the corridors of heaven even according to first samuel chapter 3 the bible says that god did not permit any of his words to fall to the ground he was a prophet of honor he was a prophet par excellence and by his own expertise and experience after working with god over a season period of time he saw Eliab and said, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Many people think it was just a carnal statement. But let us not forget that Samuel was a highly respected prophet. And he spoke by his own what understanding and experience. But it throws more light to what I said initially. That God has standards. And he wouldn't just accept anybody because the person has been presented to him. He wouldn't just accept any offer because it had been presented to him if it does not meet his requirements and his standard it is not acceptable so he rejected six able promising young men because they did not meet his requirements and today the same God is still the same we must begin to uncover and discover what his requirements are the bible says in the book of amos chapter 3 he says two shall not and cannot work together except what they agree so the point of agreement or the pivot of agreement rests on our ability to understand what god requires of us and meet him at the point and at the junction and even at the corridors of such requirements this is very 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 important it is something we need to understand and appreciate another thing i want to throw light on after talking about you know the the requirements and the standards of god is i want to talk about the sovereignty of god many of us have heard we have been taught that david was a choice of god or david was god's choice out of god's sovereignty we have been told that in the spheres of god's sovereignty and even in the office of god's sovereignty he chooses whom he will choose and blesses whom he would bless 
he lifts up one and brings down another in the office of god's sovereignty he kills one and brings another to life he promotes one and demotes another many times we have heard this directly or indirectly depending on who was communicating what but i want to throw light on this dimension to let us understand that god does not walk in the powers of his sovereignty all the time there are very rare occasions and instances where god exercised such powers it is in his power and his ambience to exercise his sovereignty but always and not always god does not exercise such powers the reason is because in the arena of god's sovereignty your choices don't matter your efforts don't matter your input is not required he does what pleases him but if that was the case then there will be no need for work and effort because irrespective of your work plus or minus your work god will still bless who he would bless so there is no need telling us to pray because your prayer wouldn't affect his choice anyway but that is not the god we serve despite the fact that such powers are at his disposal he has given an opportunity an open and a blank check to everyone and has afforded us the opportunity and the privilege to press into the possibilities that are entrapped in his realm by so doing he has given each and every one of us a chance to become anything that we want to become as permitted by him by so it means that anyone can be blessed anyone can be anointed anyone can be lifted anyone can be promoted any and everyone can be used of god this is what i mean by when i say that god does not walk in the powers of his sovereignty all the time and that that brings us to the point of understanding that if somebody was blessed you can equally be blessed because that person was not blessed because of god's sovereignty but because the person was able to press into certain existing dimensions of god by taking advantage of certain levels of revelation and knowledge at his or her disposal it also stands to means that results can be replicated whatever you saw in a can be replicated in b because it wasn't an act of god's sovereignty but it was simply a pre a, you know a use and a judicial use of divine resources available to him or her i don't know if you are getting me so what i'm trying to say is that god's choice of david amongst his siblings was not a total act of his sovereignty but there were certain requirements that david was able to meet and these requirements left god with no choice than to make him his choice the choice could have been abinadab it could have been eliab and by today we would have been singing a different song so david was not chosen out of god's sovereignty but it was simply because there were certain requirements that david met consciously or unconsciously and that made him god's choice my prayer is that in the name of jesus may you and i come to the place of understanding by making use of divine resources at our disposal that when god is looking for somebody in our families in our communities and even in our nation he will find us probable he will find a possibility in us he will find his choice in us in the mighty name of jesus so david has six brothers and not all of them's names were mentioned in the book of first samuel chapter 16 however if you are able to visit the book of first chronicles chapter 2 
you will find enlisted all the names of David's brothers, including the sisters he had. But that is not my point of emphasis today. So we want to find out if David was not chosen because of God's sovereignty or as a result of God's sovereignty, then why did God choose David? There must be a reason. We should be able to trace it. We should be able to discover the pathways so that we can also walk therein. Even as we walk and we find ourselves in this season of manifestation, we should be able to discover these paths so that we can be able to present ourselves even as God seeks men today like he did before. Are you with me? So we, we begin to discover that the reason why God chose David is entrapped in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he is in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So the first track, the first footprint we discover as to why God chose David is what I call the youngest. Underline the phrase, the youngest. There is still the youngest. Underline the phrase, the youngest. Now the phrase, the youngest, speaks of what? Youthfulness. God is looking for men and women. And by extension, he is looking for young men and young women. It is part of his grand plan and agenda for the last days. Many youth feel like, you know, God's plan and agenda is being fostered and it is being catalyzed by the older generation. But this is not entirely true. God's plan is being pivoted on the younger generation. And as it was in the days of David, so shall it be in our days, in our era, and even in our time. Let's look at how Joel chapter 2 captures this accurately. He says, in the, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Visions are a present future, a present picture of a future manifestation. Visions are a present picture of a future possibility. So the future of God is entrapped in the vision of the young, which stands to reason that the younger generation are the future of God. And that puts us as an advantageous position in order to carry out God's divine purposes and agenda. And that is why God takes a special interest in the younger generation. Are you listening to me? The reason why God is after the youth and pursuing the youth is because number one of his vision as captured in Joel chapter 2 verse 28. Let's look at how Paul puts it to Timothy in 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. He says, let no man despise thy youth. In other words, don't disadvantage yourself because of your youth. Don't despise your youth. Don't marginalize your youth. Don't rubbish your youth. Don't throw away your youthfulness because in your youthfulness, there is usefulness. There is usefulness in your youthfulness. And God finds you very useful in your youthfulness. Am I speaking to somebody? And the Bible also says in the book of Mark chapter 10 verse 15, 
it says verily verily i say unto you whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of god as a child shall not enter therein now this scripture is trying to paint a picture of a childlike heart a youthful heart so youthfulness is not just referring to an era and a state but also a state of the heart and in these days and times god is looking for men and women who are not just youthful in stage and age but are also youthful in heart because it is only there and then shall they be able to carry out the purposes of the kingdom the scrolls and the ordinances as enumerated by god the david of god are the youth and god is calling the youth because there are several goliaths to be slain once upon a time israel waited for the manifestation of a certain young man and his name was david if it happened then it shall happen again in these days and times god is looking for the david of god our generation beckons on us to manifest and if you are a young man or woman listening to me i came to tell you and to present to you that you are a very very important component of what god is doing in these last days and one of the things that god will be doing is that god is turning ants into giants god is turning ants into giants there shall be a sudden rise of men and women like it was in the days of elijah the bible captures it in the book of first kings chapter 16 even verse 16 and even 17 it says now elijah the tishbite that was a dimension of from ants to giants ant here means he was not conspicuous he was not known he was not numbered he was not seen he was not visible but suddenly he erupted like a volcano and one of the things that God will be doing in our day and age and time is that there shall be a sudden rise of young men that will begin to dominate territories that will begin to dominate spheres and systems and it will be by the spirit of God even as it was in the day of David so shall it be in our day and in our era for the Bible says that he has ordained praise in the mount of infants and sucklings and babes for the sake of the enemy to dumbfound the enemy and I see by the spirit that you are one of the ants that are going to become giants very soon in the mighty name of jesus god is turning ants into giants we see that in the life of david david was not seen he was not known he was not discovered he was not conspicuous he was not visible he was not numbered that means he was an ant very very small but suddenly the ants became a giant he turned a little boy into a general he turned a nobody into a somebody and a wanderer into a wonder and the same is happening in our day and age and i see that you are a candidate for such in the mighty name of jesus so god is looking for his david and by extension he's looking for the youth and if you are a youth listening to me i want you to understand that god is looking for you there is an oil that is looking for you there is an oil that is looking for you and today god is sending us out like the samuels we are like the samuels with an, a, a horn of announcement and god is sending us to the youth in our families in our communities in our vicinities and even within our circles to bring them unto god so that they may come into contact with the oil ordained for them the oil that is cons in consonance with their ordination and then they may find themselves in the place where god has ordained them to be 
God has appointed you and I as samples to locate all the youth and win them unto Christ and to bring them unto Christ because a certain kind of manifestation awaits them. And I see you taking that step in the name of Jesus. The second criteria of God's selection and election in these last days is similarly and simultaneously revealed in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11, the scripture we just read. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he is out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Now I want you to underline the phrase out in the fields out in the fields out in the fields the phrase out in the fields means he left his comfort zone david left his comfort zone so number one god is looking for their youth number two he's looking for men and women who are willing to leave their comfort zone in these last days, God is looking for people who are not looking for their comfort, but are looking for a, an opportunity to find comfort in their discomfort as it relates to the things of God. He is looking for people who are ready to leave their comfort zone. David was comfortable, but he chose to discomfort himself. Home was comfortable, but he chose to discomfort himself and he found himself in the fields. In the fields, he encountered battles. He was embattled by the rains and by the weather and the terrain. The uncertainty that awaited him in the fields. There were beasts and there were lions and wild animals. But David chose discomfort over his comfort. And in a few moments, I'm going to show you how this played out. In him becoming God's choice. In the fields, the lion and the bear will show up. In the fields is a matter of life and death. He could have chosen to stay home. He could have chosen to stay at home like his six brothers. But David understood that to be different, you have to act differently. He chose to do what his brothers would not do. He chose to go where they would not go. He chose to pay the price for what they were not willing to pay the price for. Unknown to him that he was setting up himself for a certain oil that nobody in his family had ever contacted. One thing that has been plagued with many believers is that we don't want anything. We don't want any association with anything that will stress us up. Many don't want anything that would deny them of their comfort. The kind of Christianity that is trending today is the convenient Christianity. The Christianity that promises you comfort for little labor. We don't want any form of discomfort. We don't want to leave our comfort zone. Hey, by child of God, God is looking for men and women in these last days who are ready to leave their comfort zone. Many believers today cannot stand a service for six hours. It is a waste of time. They cannot wake up at midnight to pray because they love their sleep. They cannot step out for evangelism. They are ashamed and even the sun is very, very hot. They cannot fast because their food is waiting for them on the table. But God in this time, in this day and this hour is looking for men and women that will deny themselves comfort in order to bring comfort to their generation, to their families and to their lineage. And I see that you are one of such 
in the mighty name of Jesus. One may wonder, why would God bypass six brothers and choose David if it wasn't an act of his sovereignty? I have said before and I'm saying it again. There are certain requirements that David met that made him God's choice. Another truth is revealed herein. One of the reasons why God chose David over his brothers was because they couldn't have handled the demands of the anointing. David met a certain criteria that made it possible for the oil of God to rest upon him. The anointing of God does not rest on comfortable people. Hear me and hear me well. The anointing of God does not rest on comfortable people. It does not rest for people that are lazy around. It does not rest, rest on people that are resting. Listen carefully. The anointing does not rest on people that are resting. It is looking for people that are busy. Read your Bible. Anybody on whom the anointing rested was busy. Look at the prophets of old. Elisha was busy. He was working. Look at the apostles that Jesus called. Peter was fishing. Matthew was at the booth. Everybody was doing something. The anointing does not rest on somebody that is resting. So it was impossible for the anointing to rest upon the sons of Jesse because they were all in the house when their other brother was in the field looking after the sheep at the peril of his own life and destiny. He chose this comfort and God said, no, this is the caliber of person upon whom the anointing can rest because if it had rested on any of the brothers of David, it would have destroyed them. Do you know that the anointing destroys? Yes, it can destroy. This is why many are not anointed because they cannot handle the demands of the anointing. Do you know an anointed man or woman? If you can place a call through them or if you can have any access to them, ask them, they will tell you. The anointing comes with a lot of demands. The anointing comes with a lot of demands. The anointing comes with a lot of requirements. It comes with a lot of discipline. Are you listening to me? It comes with a lot of discipline. Catherine Kuhlman said something the other day. Somebody asked her, what is the secret of this anointing upon your life? And she laughed and said, do you really want to know? He says, the anointing will cost you everything. So before you pray, God anoint me. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready to be discomforted? Are you ready to spend amounts of money you never planned to spend? Are you ready to go places you never planned to go? Are you ready to lose your sleep? Are you ready to forgo your meals and your diet because it is demanded of you? Even in my little level, I have experienced the restrictions and the demands of the anointing so much. It, is, it, it, it can be so, so draining. That is why many cannot stand the anointing. Can I tell you something? The whole of today, I have slept for just one hour. One hour. And I had to do this because it was demanded of me. And these are some of the things that all the anointed men and women you know are going through. The anointing does not rest on people that are resting. Can you sleep for one hour a day? Can you pray for seven hours a day? Can you go without food for 21 days and there is no prayer topic? If you are not ready for such, you are not ready for the anointing. David was a man that chose discomfort over his comfort. The problem we have with many youth of today is that they want to enjoy comfort. Listen to me, you have two choices to make. It is either you enjoy comfort now 
and forfeit the comfort of your future or you discomfort yourself now and enjoy the comfort of your future the choice is yours to make but i see by the spirit that in the name of jesus your future shall be filled with comfort in jesus mighty name let's read philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to 9 the bible says let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who being in the form of god thought it not robbery to be equal with god but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in a fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross wherefore god has also highly exalted him and given him a name above every other name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is lord i know many of you quote this scripture as at the mention the bible didn't say at the mention it says at the name it's a message for another day i want to show you something that was captured in the verse we in the passage we just read i want you to look at this carefully i want you to look at this carefully the bible says in first Samuel 16 verse 10 it says in the same way all of all seven of jesse's sons were presented in the same way in the same way in the same way if you want to stand out you must not go the way that everybody is going no whilst people are sleeping you must choose to be awake whilst people are deserting god you must seek to pursue god that is how to stand out in your generation and even in your family if you are doing what they do you cannot be different from them if you are towing their lane you cannot be any different from them there are many people who say oh you are the i'm the pillar of my family i'm the product of my family i'm the change my family is expecting yet you worship god the way they do you serve god the way they do you give the same excuses like they do you are very far from this experience but my prayer for you is that in the name of jesus you will find yourself in the place and in the dimensions of fulfilling what god has called you to fulfill philippians 2 from verse 5 to 9 like we just read jesus christ left his comfort zone he left heaven a place where he was honored respected loved a place where he was celebrated and he came to a world where he was going to be disrespected dishonored he was going to be despised bullied and even killed but he chose discomfort over comfort listen and listen very well no destiny under god can be fulfilled in the comfort zone even if your name is comfort it cannot be fulfilled in in your comfort zone every destiny in god is called fulfilled outside the comfort zone we cannot manifest like david if we don't leave our comfort zone you are too comfortable you are too comfortable you love your flesh too much you don't want anything that will stress you up by this desire and by this attitude you are very far from manifestation out of the seven brothers only david left his comfort zone and by this i discovered an arithmetic and a statistic that when you select every seven christians it is only one that is working in fulfillment out of every seven christians that is a sad ratio but that is the reality out of every seven christians you will find out that only one is out there in the fields out there in the fields there are several other points that i would have loved to give you but i feel in my spirit that i should bring everything to an end here wherever you are begin to pray in the holy ghost begin to pray in the holy ghost 
that you will make use of your youthfulness. You will make use of your youthfulness. You will not waste your youthfulness. There are many old people that wish they were like you. If they had an opportunity to be youthful, one of the things they would have done was to serve God to the best of their abilities. For the day and the time and the hour is coming when you wouldn't have the strength and that ability to serve God anymore. This is the time and the hour. In the name of Jesus, begin to pray that you will not waste your youthfulness. You are also praying that the grace of God is coming upon you and you are stepping out of your comfort zone. In the field, there is fear. It is time to approach your fear. In the field, there is uncertainty. It is time to walk with God, irrespective of the outcome. We have to be like the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If God shows up, fine. If he does not show up, fine. But we will not bow. We will not bow. We must step out into the field where the lions and the bears are. Because our victories over the lions and the bears will be a testimony for generations ah in the field we will discover our abilities david never knew that he carried an anointing that could kill a lion until he went to the field he never knew that he carried an ability that could kill the bear until he went to the field it is in the field that potentials are birthed. many of us in our comfort zone are sleeping on our potentials we will never discover them until we step into the field where the goats and the sheep are until we get serious with god and find ourselves doing the work and the will of of God because the night cometh where no man can work. Begin to pray. I don't know about you, but I reject any comfort that would deny me of God. I don't know about you, but I reject any comfort that will alienate me from the dimensions of God. Any comfort that will subtract me from experiencing God. I reject any such comfort. One of the things that Satan promised Jesus upon his appearance, he promised Jesus comfort. Everything that Satan promised Jesus was comfort because he knew that as it pertained to man man will abandon god in a hurry when comfort shows up i'm not saying we will not prosper i'm not saying we will not be blessed i'm not saying we will not live good lives but hey those things will not take us away from god in spite of the money imagine fasting when your fridge is full imagine leaving your range over and your bugattis and whatever it is that god will bless you with and then stepping out in the bush in search of god imagine driving that bugatti to a village that you are going to win souls that is the generation that god is raising men and women that will leave the comfort of their home and begin to pursue god like never before it is happening we have left our comfort zone we have left our comfort zone in search of god we have left our comfort zone anything that would deny us from meeting god like paul said i count it as dung i count it as dung i count it as dung we will pursue god until we find him in the name of jesus this is the time and the season where our generation awaits the manifestation of the youthful the manifestation of men and women who have left their comfort zones into the fields where the goats and the sheep are which is a message for another day but till now i see by the spirit of god that you have left your comfort zone i know you are afraid but you have left i know you are uncertain but you have left the lord is ministering to you listening to me right now it is time for you to leave your comfort zone no matter how the church is far you are coming for service no matter how painful it is you are going for evangelism even if it means spending your last penny you are doing it because you understand that it is a season and after the season passes by you are going to be ushered into greater dimensions 
even us by the Spirit of God. You are bringing your prayer to an end. I will not waste my youthfulness. Hey, I have left my comfort zone. <laughs> After this message, I want you to preach it to five people. I have left my comfort zone. I'm Belegebo Shaya. My bed is my enemy. Kayambo Hosata. I will not spend my destiny on my bed. Listen, statistically, if you sleep eight hours a day, by the time you are 30 years old, you have slept for 10 years, which means you have wasted 10 years of your life sleeping. I'm not saying don't sleep, but don't love sleep. The Bible says a little sleep and a little slumber. Then poverty shall rush on you. Haluviki Bagadayas. I have taught you many times that in Genesis chapter 2, for God to take something from Adam, he put him to a sleep. To tell us that anytime you sleep too much, something is taken from you. I speak over your life that in the name of Jesus, even as it pertains to me also, may we receive the grace to leave our comfort zone. May we not love pleasure than pursuing God. Anything that has entrapped us from seeking the face of God and for seeking God and for walking in our manifestations as ordained by God, may any set thing be broken out of our lives in the name of Jesus. I see a strange oil coming upon you like it came upon David. The Bible says, from that day onwards, the Spirit of God began to rest on him. I see a Spirit resting on you and it is the Spirit of God. That Spirit is going to cause you to impact your world like never before. You will slay giants in your field, in academia, in ministry, in health, in finance, in medicine, in industry, in commerce, in business, in arts and science. It is happening to you in the name of Jesus. I give you a charge that you will bring one more youth to Jesus. I give you a charge you will bring one more youth to Jesus, one more youth to church, one more youth to the program. I give you a charge that God is calling you as a summer to anoint one more David, to bring them to a place where they shall contact the oil of their destiny. It is happening through you in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God in Jesus' name. Now, if today is the first time you are coming across this message or this podcast, you say, man of God, I've been so blessed by your message, but I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I want to pray this prayer with you. I want you, as it were, to receive the life of Christ. That was why Jesus came for you. And if you are ready to do so, I need you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of your life. Thank you for your sacrifice on Calvary. Thank you for your redemptive blood. I believe it. I confess it. And I receive it. That today and always, I am yours and you are mine. Now and forevermore. Amen. Congratulations. If you just pray this prayer, Welcome to the commonwealth of Christ, a, a, a nation of believers scattered across the globe. You are very much welcome to a new life and a new experience. For this reason, I want to extend a hand of fellowship to you to connect with the Heroes Church through any of our social media platforms. And by the grace of God, we will love to fellowship with you and journey with you in this new life that you have found. Till we meet again, my name is Pastor Mark. And like I have said, it is time to leave your comfort zone. God bless you.
for listening. We hope you were blessed by this message. For this and more, follow Pastor Mark on Instagram and Facebook. And remember to share this message with friends and loved ones. Stay connected. We celebrate you.